0: Hey, it's Seeking Plum, so I've been wrestling a lot with shoulds and oughts and the inconsistencies of my thoughts, actions, and words. But as you may have guessed, it's not always that simple, or maybe I should say not that straightforward. So I want to read you a segment from Alan Lightman's The Accidental Universe. This is from the Lawful Universe essay. He writes, when I joined the faculty of MIT, I was given a dual appointment in science and in the humanities. Some days I would teach a physics class in the morning and a fiction writing class in the afternoon. In the mornings, the universe was reduced to the irrefutable and almost obsessively regular motion of pendulums on strings, oscillations of springs, ripples of electromagnetic waves traveling through space, all described to high accuracy by equations I could write down with white chalk on the board. I talked to my students about a world of pure logic, pure reason, pure cause and effect. It was a world in which, except at the quantum level of the atom, the future was completely determined by the past and the inexorable churning of the laws of nature. No one objected. In the afternoons, I would walk across the courtyard to the humanities building and talk to my students about the messy nature of human affairs, the dimly lit alleys of the mind, greed, jealousy, love thwarted, happiness, revenge, complex and ambiguous motives for action. Students who wrote stories with self-consistent characters, characters whose movements could be predicted and who always acted with rationality and reason, were roundly rebuked for having created nothing more than lifeless hunks of pulp. Real people are unpredictable, I said. A character who always acts rationally is a fraud. Any character you fully understand is as good as dead. Is that clear? I rather like this excerpt because it reminded me of several things. In writing a character, you can't just get wrapped up in the mechanics. You have to really understand people. And the same is really true in poker. You not only have to understand the mechanics of the game, logic, reasoning, theory, math, and so on, you have to understand people, that your opponent is not always going to act rationally or precisely as expected because that's the way they should act or that's the move they should do in that scenario. But not only do you have to understand that about your opponent, you also have to understand that about yourself. And I think that the more you understand that about yourself, Maybe that also gives you a greater insight into your opponents. I think anytime you weigh too heavily on one side or the other, whether it's too much on the human aspect or too much on the logic aspect, we miss out. We we lose sight of the full picture. I am going somewhere with this. So there is an online figure in the poker world who has leaned very heavily towards the logical side of it or so he thinks. It's all about game theory optimal play. Why would you make an irrational move if you know that that's the wrong thing to do? What I find so hilarious about this is that online and offline and behind closed doors I have ranted and railed about this individual and the things that they've claimed pointing out how illogical and unsound these statements are not just in poker but we know that we shouldn't murder someone that doesn't stop people from doing it people know they shouldn't steal things again it doesn't always stop people yet in my years of having these conversations online in a way I somehow have lost perspective because I wanted something or expected something different for myself If I believe strongly in X, Y, or Z, then I want to be consistent in my actions and words. Every time I miss the mark, I throw that word hypocrite at myself, or I say that was a hypocritical thing to do or think, rather than the more human and acceptable response of being a, quote, difficult mess of self-contradictions. I really like that. That's Alan Lightman's statement. And this is where things begin to take a turn for me. Later in the essay, Lightman writes this, The laws of nature help us create sanity in the strange cosmos we find ourselves in. The laws of nature protect us from the vagaries of the gods. The laws of nature satisfy a deep emotional need for order and reason and control. That last sentence Satisfying a deep emotional need for order and reason and control. That's not the first time I've read that in the last few days. And I don't mean just in this book. Yeah, if you listened to the episode on authoritarianism, you may remember that I mentioned some have a greater need for order. But I've also read a few articles lately that talked about this emotional need that we have for order. For categorizing and labeling things. Quite frankly, I think that would explain my hypersensitivity to my inconsistencies. Every bit of news seems to reinforce this lack of order and my personal helplessness, or sense of helplessness. Lightman then goes on to talk about how we also have this human nature ingrained desire for the strange and surprising. He writes, Placed alongside an equal desire for the familiar, the orderly, the rational, we have yet another example of the yin-yang of Chinese philosophy. Literally shadow and light, seemingly contrary forces that complement each other and underlie all existence in the natural world. Hot and cold, low and high, water and fire, order and disorder, rational and irrational. I've spent so much time trying to create order that I have forgotten or put aside time to wonder, to daydream, to see beauty. Every so many months, I will rent a car to run errands and, and quite honestly, just to drive because I love driving. And although I was feeling really lousy, I think it's just what the doctor ordered. I picked the car up yesterday afternoon and did errands yesterday, some more errands today, but after today's I decided just to go driving. Honestly, I don't know where I went. I just drove. But there finally came a point when traffic opened up and I could just enjoy the curves of the road. There was no one in front of me and the sun began to break through the clouds. The sky was still really dark, but to see the sunlight shining off of trees and even the Canadian flag, it created such beautiful imagery. The open road, beautiful imagery, interesting cloud patterns. Yeah, it opened up something that I had been missing. I suppose it swung that pendulum back to maybe a more even plumb line. I want to carry some of those mental images with me going forward. But something else I picked up were some thoughts about hypocrisy. In overanalyzing my shoulds, oughts, words, actions, and deeds, I started thinking about the word hypocrisy. Well, hypocrisy in general. And it took me down two very different paths. The first is more simple, straightforward, and applicable. I think I need to switch up my language and stop using the word hypocrite and hypocritical when I'm speaking to myself. I am not a hypocrite. I am just a difficult mess of self-contradictions. I embrace flaws and imperfections as beautiful. Is this not just another perception of the same? I think so. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change the words I use with myself and maybe just maybe that will also mean that I change how I think about others as well now the other path I wandered down so there's this idea of who we really are and who we ideally think we are that gap between the two is often where we find dissatisfaction in life and when we can bring the real and the ideal together to be the same person then we're happier Well, I was wondering, is hypocrisy a sign or a symptom of that gap? The words we say being our ideal self, but our actions being who we really are? And if that's the case, then how do we bring the two selves together to eliminate the gap, or at the very least narrow it? I'm not an expert, but I'd hazard to guess that it starts with self-awareness and being extremely honest with ourselves. I'm not sure if this is 100% true either, but I'd also hazard to say that none of us is without hypocrisy in some area of our lives, because I don't know that it's even possible to be without hypocrisy. Then again, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe that's a topic for another day. Anyway, I think that I have found several things to think on with respect to my inconsistencies I think I need to first start in changing the language and remembering that I am human and I'm a difficult mess of self-contradictions. And that's a beautiful thing, that yes, I have a human emotional need for order, but I also have that same need and desire for wonder, curiosity, surprise. And maybe, just maybe, if I can remember these things, I can embrace my inconsistencies as beautiful. And I think two tools in that endeavor are self-awareness and honesty with myself. I mean, it all comes down to that quote of fix yourself, fix the world, right? Here's to brighter tomorrows.